Uh, we've been on this series, The Anatomy of the Spirit Man, uh, talking about the spirit, the soul, and the body, that we are, a sp- we are spirits. We are not trying to become spirits. We are spirits. We have a soul. Just like your body has a brain, your spirit has a soul. And you live in this body for the purpose of living on earth. The only, way, only reason you need this body is to function in the earthly realm. Uh, then we talked about the soul. We broke that down. How our mind is the entrance into our soul. And then our heart is the fountain of our soul. How many of y'all learning something? How many of y'all been paying attention to your soul? Amen. Because like I told you, this whole Bible is written to your soul. It is written to your soul. What good teaching does, it changes the way that you read the Bible. I want to interrupt, I want to disrupt the way that you read scripture. I have to remove the God out the Bible and put the Father in there. I have to get you from looking at your body to seeing your soul. When the Bible tells you that, that uh, you are not obligated to the flesh, but you are obligated to the spirit man, and it's talking to your soul. So whoever your soul decides to obey, you become. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more in the next, uh, upcoming weeks. Today, the title of our message is going to be Soul Algorithms. Soul Algorithms. And we're going to do a couple of these. Today, we're going to focus on the mindset. Then we're going to have one where we just focus on the heart. And then we're going to have one where we just focus on the body presenting your body to the Father. Understanding that whoever you present your body to, you become a slave to them. Whether it's to the flesh or to the spirit. But today we're going to talk about soul algorithms and we're going to focus on the mindset because the mind is the entrance into the soul. Wherever you set your mind, it develops your soul. And whatever develops your soul controls your heart. And so an algorithm is a process or it's a set of rules to be followed to produce a desired result or solve a problem. I'll read that again for my note takers. An algorithm is a process or a set of rules to be followed to produce a desired result or to solve a problem. An algorithm is a system. You'd be surprised how often you use algorithms when you're cooking. If you want the food to taste a certain way, there's an algorithm. There's a, there's a process that you go by to obtain a desired result. There's an algorithm. That's all a recipe is. It's an algorithm. 
to get a desired result. When you go to the gym, you need an algorithm. You need something that you can go in there with, a process, and you can stick to this process and it can get you a desired result. A math, a math problem is an algorithm. One plus one equals. That's an algorithm. And so in the same light, your soul has an algorithm to it. So if you want to get a desired result in your soul, there's an algorithm for that. Now, this same algorithm that I'm going to teach you, I'm going to show to you, I'm going to reveal to you, you can use this algorithm in any part of your life and it works. This is the algorithm that you'll need to get full of the Holy Spirit. There's an algorithm to get full of faith. There's an algorithm for your finances. There's an algorithm for marriage, for parenting. Our first scripture is going to come out of Matthew 15, chapter 17. Jesus says, do you not understand? Now, do you not understand this algorithm? <laughs> that everything that goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is eliminated. That's the algorithm. He's telling you how the system of your body works. He's telling you how it functions. So this is the algorithm. Do you not understand that everything that goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is eliminated? Everything that goes into your mind passes into your soul and it comes out as your life. This is the algorithm. The mind is the entrance into the spiritual life, the soul. The soul is the headquarters of the spirit man. The heart is the fountain of the spirit man. So on today, I have some questions for you. These are questions you should ask yourself. How did my mind get where it is today? It was an algorithm. How did my mind get where it is today? My thought life, my imagination, my understanding, my knowledge, the type of wisdom I, I operate in. Because you have godly wisdom and then you have worldly wisdom. Godly wisdom is supernatural intelligence or understanding that God gives you or is obtained through studying the word. Man's wisdom is from what he or she has studied, has practiced, has seen, has understood. So man's wisdom is based on man's experience. God's wisdom is based on God's experience. How did my soul get in this condition? It was some algorithm. It was an algorithm. It was something you did 
or with something that you did not do in your spiritual life, whether good or bad, in your character, in your desires, in your appetite. How did my soul get in this condition, in my disposition, in my affections? How did my will get to the point where it desires this? It's an algorithm. Last question, how did my heart get like this? My love life, my ability to love, my ability to not love, my ability to forgive or to not forgive, my attitude, my intellect, the wisdom that I put before man, how did it get like this? It was an algorithm. You set your mind on something, whether you intended to do it or not. Your will accepted it. It consumed your entire soul. Then it became the condition of your heart. That's a soul algorithm. Matthew 4 and 17. It says, <clears throat> from that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, at hand means it's available. So when Jesus started preaching, he said, repent, because the kingdom of heaven is available now. So what does, it, what does this mean? That it wasn't available. From Malachi to Matthew, there's 400 year period in which God did not speak to man at all. Man heard nothing from God. That's 10 generations. So when Jesus comes on the scene, he says, repent. Because the kingdom of heaven is available. The kingdom of heaven, meaning his world, his father's world is now available. Heaven will now speak with you. The father can now influence earth. But he said the first thing you have to do is what? Repent. Now, to repent is to change one's mind for the better. It is to change one's mind to come in agreement with God. Now, anytime you come into agreement with God, sin will, be able, will, be, will start to become repulsive to you. You can't repent, meaning you uh, uh, change the way that you think, but you still agree with sin. So when you repent, it's a change of mind to change one's life. So repenting is to Say it with me. To change one's mind, to change one's life. And this is the beginning of the soul algorithm. This is the first part of the, old, the, the uh, soul algorithm. The first part of it is to direct my mind somewhere. Remove my mind from one place and direct it in, to another place. Colossians 3 and 2. 
says, set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on earth. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Now, to set your mind means to direct one's mind to a thing. To set your mind means to seek or to strive for something. If you, whatever you want to become in life, you have to do first, set your mind, this is what I'm going to accomplish. To set your mind means to seek one's interest or advantage. It means to exercise one's mind. It means to fixate or to be fixed on something. When I set my mind on something, I'm putting it in a position and I'm not moving it. When I set my mind somewhere, it is unmovable. So, got a couple more questions for you. Where is your mindset? That's misprint. Where is your mindset? Where can my mind be moved from? So where is your mindset? And then if your mind is set in a place, where can your mind be moved from? Or where can't your mind be moved from? Because that lets you know if your mind is set on a thing. If you set your mind in a particular place and it can be moved, it wasn't set there. You don't get married, you don't get married to try marriage. You're not trying marriage when you get married. You set your mind, you, you say vows. You don't have children to try parenting. You set your mind on this is what I'm gonna do. You don't enroll in college to try it out. If it don't work, I'm gonna do something else. No, whenever, wherever you set your mind is, it's a dangerous thing. There's so many scriptures in the Bible that talks about making a vow. Once you make a vow to something, your mind is set there. And you're saying, I'm not going to move it. So the scripture said, set your mind on things above. Now, above means heavenly things. Or it says, set your mind on things above, not on the things on earth. So I set my mind on things above, meaning heavenly things. My focus is not on earth. My focus is on heavenly things. Why? Because that's where my father is. According to Jesus. Pray in this manner. Our father, which are in heaven. So if my father is in heaven, his world is in heaven, then I set my mind on what pleases him, not on what pleases earth.
to set my mind on heavenly things mean I understand that my citizenship is in heaven. So like I told you, your sin, you don't sin against earth. You sin against heaven. There are no rules and regulations that a child of God can break on earth. It has to be broken in heaven. You, your sins are against heaven, but in the sight of man. According to Ephesians 1 and 3, the Bible says that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. So your blessings are not on the earth. Your blessings come from heaven. That's why the Bible tells us by faith we understand. By faith we understand that the world was framed by the word of God. So everything that we see was created by what we can't see, heavenly things. So if I want something here, I don't focus on here to get it. That's something a child of God has to learn because as soon as we want something, we, we immediately look to this system to see how we can get it. So he said, don't set your mind on the earth. Set your mind on heavenly things. Why? Because this is our father's world. If the Bible tells us to live in the spirit, so the Bible tells us that we are spiritual, then it tells us to be led by the spirit. Then it tells us to walk in the spirit. Then it tells us to live in the spirit. So if I'm not led by the spirit, I can't walk in the spirit. If I can't walk in the spirit, I can't live in the spirit. That word walk means to deport yourself. So the Holy Spirit is always going to take you away from earthly systems. So set your mind on things above, not on things on earth. Meaning don't set your mind on earthly goods. Forget these cars, forget the houses, forget money. You know how valuable money is in heaven? <laughs> you know how valuable money is to God? You know how valuable money was to Jesus? You find in scripture where Jesus lived off of this system. Even when it came time to pay taxes, he did it in an awkward way. He said, go down to the lake, catch a fish, and pull the money out the fish mouth. Was that his bank? <laughs> he always set his mind on things above. He got 5,000 people. He has compassion on them because they've been following him for three days. He know that they hungry. He looks at the disciples and said, they're hungry. They've been following us. The disciples said, well, you know what? If we go back into town because of a three-day journey to get some food, by the time we get back, it's going to be spoiled. It's not going to be any good. He said, you feed them. Now you know they're baffled because I just explained to you <laughs> that there's not a food depot in sight. I just explained that to you. He said, well, just give me what you got. He takes a little boy's lunch 
and does what? Looks up to heaven. Sometimes you need to take what you got and just look to heaven. Don't set your mind on earthly pleasures, on how you can please your flesh. Earthly honors. Because wherever you set your mind, your will has been activated. Wherever you set your mind, your will has been activated. It is like sliding a key card to open the door. Wherever you set your mind, your will has been activated. You open the door because what you're doing is wherever you set your mind, you're giving whatever you set your mind on access to your entire soul. So wherever I set my mind, if I set my mind on earthly things, I'm giving earthly things, I'm giving the earthly systems permission to develop my soul. So wherever I set my mind, I am giving this permission to develop me. I want you to say this with me. Wherever I set my mind, I am giving it permission to develop me. Wherever you set your mind, you are giving it permission to develop you. Romans chapter 8 verse 6 says, For the mind set on the flesh is death. But the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. So if I set my mind on the flesh, what's developing my soul? The flesh. <laughs> if I set my mind on the spirit, what is developing my soul? The spirit. Wherever you set your mind, that is what's developing you. To set your mind on the flesh is to set it on the human nature. How good you look. How, how people like you. How people feel about you. What people think about what you have. You heard the saying, keeping up with the Joneses. That's setting your mind on the flesh. You purchase stuff just, to, just so people can see that you have something. You're setting your mind on the flesh. And after you do that so many times, so many times, what ends up happening is every time you get money or every time you look at your life, you want to, watch this, you worried about who's pleased with your life. So, for the mind set on the flesh is death. So, if, if my flesh is developing my soul, then what is it going to do? It's going to bring it to a point of death. It brings it to a point of death. Meaning, I have loss of spiritual life. Because I am, set, I am allowing my flesh to develop my soul, I am losing my spiritual life. I become miserable in my soul. I lose focus on where my citizenship is. I lose focus on the fact that I have an inheritance. 
I lose focus on the fact that I have a relationship with the Father. I lose focus. Because if the flesh is developing my soul, it produces death. When spiritual death occurs, you can't function in the spiritual life. When the spiritual death occurs, you can't receive your inheritance. Allowing the flesh to develop my soul, it makes my soul miserable. Who's ever felt misery in their soul? That's why most of us here today. Because we get tired of feeling miserable. We get tired of feeling lost. We get tired of not having a purpose. Why? Because earth can't give you a purpose. You're predestined from heaven. So instead of letting my mind be developed by my flesh, I, I have to start allowing the spirit to develop my soul. That's the whole purpose of you getting the Holy Spirit. That's why the Bible said that the Holy Spirit will teach, lead, God and instruct. That's why the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is a comforter. That's why the Bible tells you to be led by the Spirit. When you are being led by the Spirit, the Spirit is developing your soul. Watch this. When the Spirit is developing your soul, you understand who your Father is. When the Spirit is developing your soul, you understand who you are in Christ. When the Spirit is developing your soul, you are allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you, which means you have to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. You can't be led by anything that you don't fellowship with. If you spend time with more time with the Holy Spirit, or if you spend more time with Netflix, then you do with the Holy Spirit, what's developing your soul? Netflix. Y'all laughing at me? Let me talking in the classroom. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> so, when your mind is set on the Spirit, you get life and peace. So death is the loss of spiritual life. It's the misery of the soul. But when you set your mind on spiritual things, you get the fullness of the spiritual life. You get the abundant life. You get eternal life. You get the same life that Jesus had. And that, that's the gist of this whole conversation is to get you the life that Jesus had. The same relationship that he had with the father, you should have with the father. You should have the same. That's why the Bible says, let the attitude or let the same mind that was in Christ Jesus be also in you. He was not seeking the earth, earth approval. He was not seeking Herod's approval. He was not seeking the Sadducees approval. He was not seeking the, uh, the Pharisees approval. 
He was not seeking man's approval. His whole mindset was, I only do what my father tells me to do. I only do what I see my father do. Now, in a, in a natural, we see with our eyes, we hear with our ears, we speak with our mouth. But in the spiritual, you hear, see, and speak with your mind. So your mindset gives you an understanding of where you are in life. So when you're focused on, when your mind is set on spiritual things, you get life and you get peace. Peace is the tranquil state of the soul assured of his salvation through Christ. When you have peace, you know that your salvation is in Christ. You know that you are in Christ without a shadow of a, of a doubt. And then it says, as so fearing nothing from God. If you fear God, you're not sure about your salvation. If you fear the Father, you are not sure about your salvation. If you have a mindset that your heavenly Father will kill you for making a mistake, you're not sure about your salvation. And nine times out of ten, that happened because of religion. Because religion made us feel like, God, we got saved to be obedient. We didn't get saved to be obedient. We got saved to have faith. Faith is supposed to produce obedience. You can't be obedient to something you don't know and understand. He wants us to believe in him and trust him. I had an awful last, the last two weeks were just crazy to me. I mean, y'all probably didn't recognize, I don't know, maybe you did, okay? I just had this overwhelming feeling like, I had a wilderness experience, and I just felt like God ain't here no more. I didn't feel him. How many of y'all felt that before? Okay? It was a wilderness experience. I just felt like, where, where, where you at? I don't feel you. And, and I, I would ask myself a question. Did I do something wrong? Did I do something wrong? Hold on. I started just roaming through my life looking. Hold on. Under the couch, behind stuff. Did I do something wrong? And then I said this in my head. Did you leave me? And immediately... You know what popped in my head? I will never leave you or forsake you. I said, oh, okay, we good then. And it broke. A lot of your wilderness experience is he's trying to see, does your soul agree with him? If he removed his presence right now and you had to walk for the next month without his presence, do you agree? Where's your mindset? That's what the whole purpose of Jesus being in the wilderness for. The Bible said that he was tested. That's the test. The Bible said that he was tested and tempted of Satan. That word tested means to ascertain the quality of your soul. I'm going to remove my presence from you and I want to see how you think when I'm gone. Do you still know that I'm your father even though you can't feel my presence? It's a test. It's just to see how mature you are. Things didn't go your way this time. Am I still your father? Because you didn't get your way. <laughs> and that's the thing you got to get used to as a, as a Christian because that's the developmental stages. He's developing you when he doesn't give you your way. 
When things seem hard and you have to ask that question, where is he? He's developing you. Because he wants to know, do you have faith? Because watch this. If, if, if you don't have faith when it comes to the money, he can't send you anywhere. If it's about money, he can't send you. If, you. if you can't have faith to keep a relationship between just me and you, just keep a relationship. If we can't have faith in that, then how can he send us to the masses? If we can't have faith for a relationship, how far can we go in life? So when your, when your mind is set on spiritual things, you have this tranquil state of your soul. It's just a peace. When the Bible talks about it, it's a peace that surpasses all understanding. You just can't understand it. People can't understand it because you can go through stuff, but you never lose the facts. Or, let me, let me rephrase that, you never lose the truth. He's my father. He said he would never leave me or forsake me, meaning if he leaves me, He's the liar. And he, he, he would never let you make him out a lie. There's a situation right now that you're going through that, that he hasn't put you there or allowed, to, allowed you to be in that situation. And it's for the purpose of development. So, if, you, if your mind is set on the flesh or if your mind is set on the spirit, your soul absorbs your mindset. Your soul, your soul absorbs your mindset. And it goes through your aversions. It goes through your appetite, through your feelings. It goes through your character. And it becomes your heart. Verse 7 says, because the mind set on the flesh is hostile towards God. For it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. So if I set my mind on the flesh, understand this, the flesh, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile towards God. It becomes an enemy with God. So if my mind is set on the flesh, it is hostile towards God. It does not subject itself to the commandments of God. It is not even able to do so. So meaning if your, your mind set on the flesh can't obey God. That's how you know where your mind is set when you just, you can't pray. You you, you hear God telling you, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. Ah! Your mind was set on the flesh. You had to tell him. You had to get it out. Your mind was set. What's so funny? Oh. <laughs> your mind was set. Now watch this. If your mind is set on the flesh, because watch this. Because the Bible says what envy and strife is, there's every evil work. So the angelic army of God is looking at your mindset. So is the demonic army. Wherever your mindset, one of us going to help you. 
You see, you seen the mindset on the flesh. They just bumped into you. How you get to the point you're going to kill them? The devil is cunning because he feeds you reasons why you should not forgive. You going to let them do that to you? You going to let them say that? Oh, really? Wherever you set your mind is an army waiting to back you. It's an angelic army that is waiting. If you, if you say, you know what? It's not that deep. I hear what you're saying. I apologize. There's an angelic army waiting to bless you. And there's a demonic army waiting for you to get mad so it can feed you, constantly feed you, constantly feed you. That's why the Bible says that after Jesus was tested and tempted for 40 days, the angels came and ministered to him. That's why the Bible says that the angels are sent to the heirs of salvation. They are ministering spirits sent to the heirs of salvation. Wherever you set your mind, there's a demonic army and there's an angelic army waiting. So if your mind is set on the flesh, then that means your soul is hostile towards God. If the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile towards God, then that means your soul becomes hostile towards God. That means that your heart becomes hostile towards God. If the mind that is set on the flesh is not subject to the law, then your soul gets to a place where it is not subject to God's law. If a mind set on the flesh cannot obey God, then your heart gets to the place where it just can't obey God. That's when you need deliverance. That's when you have to call in the cavalry. That's when you have to start casting out devils. Because you didn't put yourself in a situation where you set your mind in, in a place for so long that it consumes your soul. So setting your mind on the flesh and expecting it to mature is like you walking outside right now, getting in your car and expecting it to fly. It's like you expecting a, a, a cow to swim. It just can't happen. So our soul behavior comes from where we set our mind. Say that with me. Our soul behavior comes from where we set our mind. So I set my mind intentionally to bring my soul to a certain level. I intentionally set my mind in a place to bring my soul to a certain level, to bring my spiritual life to a certain quality. When the Bible says that we shall receive power after we receive the Holy Spirit, one of the definitions of that is, uh, of, of the word power is soul excellence. The job of the Holy Spirit is to bring your soul to a place of excellence. Say this again. Our behavior comes from wherever we set our mind. Wherever you set your mind, this is where how your soul will behave. First Peter 4:19. Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to Him 
in doing good as a faithful creator. We read that again. Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him. So now, if you are suffering according to the will of God, this is a mindset that knows, one, I have a predestined purpose. Two, I'm his child. If you're his child, you're going to commit your soul to him anyway. Because that's what children do. Like I tell you, you ain't never. When was the last time one of your kids came up to you and, and said, I thank you for feeding me, mama. I thank you for feeding me, daddy. I just thank you for the food, daddy. I just thank you for these shoes. I just thank you, daddy. Daddy, am I going to be able to eat? Nope. They commit their soul to you. Daddy, I'm hungry. <laughs> Mama, I'm hungry. Mama, I need this. Daddy, I need this. They commit their soul to you. They expect you to take care of this situation. This is what happened at school today, Mama. What you going to do about it? <laughs> this is what happened today, Daddy. What you going to do about it? They commit their souls to you. So when you suffer according to the will, it's a mindset that in suffering, watch this, this is important. Because this is how you suffer. This is how you suffer according to the will of God. It's when you understand that you have an internal purpose. But you don't let external factors detour you from it. I'm going to say it again. This is how you suffer according to the will of God. You know God has given you a call. You know God has a call on your life. You have a purpose. You have a destiny. But you have all these external factors swaying you different. And you stand. That's why Jesus had to tell him, look, I only do what my father tells me to do. I hear y'all. <laughs> I hear y'all. But I only do what my father tells me to do. I know why I was sent. He said, I must preach the gospel because this is why I was sent. I must preach the gospel in other countries. Why? Because this is why I was sent. I was sent to seek and save that which was lost. He knew his calling. And although the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes came up against him, he didn't care. He stayed focused. And the more that you, how did he stay focused? He committed his soul to his father. Because the Bible said that he was tempted just as we are. He, meaning he wanted to quit too. He got tired of people challenging him. It hurt him when his entire family did not believe in him. His whole town didn't believe in him. It bothered him. But what did he do? He committed his soul to his father in doing good. Because why? He knew him as a faithful creator. Creator means the author of all things. Creator is, a, is just another word for father. So this is how you develop your faith walk. Because when you commit your soul to him, watch this, you can't commit your soul to him until you understand that he's faithful. That's a mindset in itself. Do you have a mindset that he's faithful? Or... Is your mindset like this? 
I have to be faithful to him in order for him to be faithful to me. How many of y'all kids faithful to y'all? <laughs> How many of y'all kids are faithful to y'all and because they're faithful to you, you're faithful to them? Or how many of y'all kids are not faithful to you, but you still faithful to them? So you mean to tell me y'all doing this and God got a whole nother agenda? So we do it down here, but up there, we don't think he do it. We don't think he will be faithful to us because we do wrong. We think as soon as we do, as soon as we do something wrong, all of a sudden now he withdraws his love. That's an orphan mind. That's an orphan mind. You think your mistakes change him. When the Bible says God is love, he don't try love. Y'all know we try love. We try love. We're going to see if this works. All right? Chris, we can be friends, but I'm grading you on the curve. All right? <laughs> I'm waiting on you to do something wrong. So I can have a reason to feel a certain way. We, we look at God and we don't see him as a father. We see him just another plain Joe. He going to give up on us just like everybody else. But the Bible says, let, their, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good to a faithful creator. This is your faith walk. This is your faith walk. It is a mindset that has been committed. It is a mindset that has committed the, its soul to the father for developing them. For the purpose of development. Meaning, with my mind, I understand that he created everything. With my mind, I had to have this mindset that I am his beloved. It is some, the, the, the most profound scriptures in the Bible, I think we just, we just scroll right past them because we look for the deep stuff. When God, when the most powerful being in life tells you, trust me, that's profound. That's profound. When he tells you, you are my beloved, imitate me. Now, if I told you to imitate me, you might find that to be difficult. But when he tells you to imitate him, that means what? He has equipped you to do it. Imitate me as my beloved children. John 1 and 3. No, 3 John 1 and 2. Beloved. I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. So, your soul prosperity or lack thereof explains your life. But your soul can't prosper until your mindset is on the spiritual. If your soul is not prospering, it's because your mind is set on the flesh. Our prosperity and our overall health is a directly linked to the condition of our soul. Our mental health, whether good or bad, is based on what or who has been cultivating it. You pe people don't just become a schizophrenia. 
They don't just become schizophrenic all of a sudden. No, they set their mind in a particular place. They invited some stuff in and that's a whole gang of them. Dr. Caroline Leaf said something that was so powerful. There's nothing more powerful than your mind on this earth. Why would the Bible tell you as you think, so are you? What do you think? What do you think of yourself? Because as a man think in his mind, so is he. How do you think about yourself? And watch this. Don't be afraid to be great. If the Bible tells you greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, then the Bible already gave you a leg up and told you you're great. Why do we have a mindset that we can't be great? I want to be great at what I do. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be great. If God is your father, why would he want you to be less than anything, anything other than great? Why would God say, look, I'm going to call you to do this, but be mediocre. I called you to be an artist, but I just don't, don't be that good. <laughs> be all right. You know what I'm saying? Don't, he's not going to say that. He wants you to be great, but we have this mindset that there's something wrong with being great. I'm going to be great at what I do. I want to be great, Father, for your name's sake. The Bible says that everything he does to show me that he does for his name's sake. So making you being great makes him look good. One thing I told myself when we got, before we got this ministry, I said, Father, I do not want to get a ministry and then buy a house with church money. Nope. I don't want a ministry and buy, start splurging off church money. I want to be established before you give us a ministry. I want to represent the kingdom. I don't want to just talk about it. I want to have a representation of it in my life. I want it to be able to be seen. I want to be able to just preaching stuff to people. He wants you to represent him. He don't want you busted and disgusted, broke. No, that's not his plan. It's where you set your mind. Our physical health is linked to what we put in our body and our knowledge of what to put in our body can be traced to the reason our soul is prospering or not. Once again, Dr. Caroline Leaf, she said 2% of all illnesses in mankind has to deal with genetics. The rest is your mind. 2%. Of your problem, she even, she even went on to say this, that your mindset can change your DNA. So we can go, we can break us, we, we call it breaking a cycle. So with my family right now, we could break a cycle of never being broke again. Of never living unholy lives. We can break the cycle. 
just by what we set our mind at. First Peter 1 and 22. I got like 10 minutes. Since you have an obedience to the truth, purified your souls from a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. Since you have an obedience to the truth. Now, how do you obey truth? You set your mind on it. You can't be obedient to something that you haven't set your mind on. So he's saying, since you have set your mind on the truth and been obedient to it, it purified your soul. This is the algorithm. So you set your mind on truth. What is truth? What my father said about me, his plan for my life, my predestined purpose. That's truth, which means that doesn't change. And because that your soul was purified, mean, meaning this, that it, your soul was cleansed. How did your soul get cleansed? Where well, you set your mind at. <laughs> you set your mind somewhere, and because you set your mind there, it cleansed your soul. It removed the impurities. You freed yourself from guilt by being obedient to truth. Or by, watch this, by setting my mind on truth. So he says, since you have been obedient, obedience, since you have in obedience to the truth, purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. So the command is love one another from the heart. You can do that. How do I know? Because through obedience, your souls have been purified. So since your souls have been purified because where you set your mind, you can now love from the heart. When you can't love from the heart, it's because you have set your mind on hatred. That's racism. That's why when you understand spiritual things, I have no problem with racist people at all. Because I know the issue is this, where their mind was set. So you have people who are enslaved. You have black people who are enslaved, but then you have White people who were raised to hate. Who need deliverance? Both. Both need deliverance. Because it's not their fault. It's not, it's not your fault if you grew up in a household and your parents taught you to hate. That's what you were trained to do. All right, let's keep it moving. Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Who want to find rest for their souls? Okay. So this is what you have to do. Take his yoke upon you, which means connect yourself with him. Enter into his classroom to learn. That's why he says learn of me. So connect yourself with me and learn from me. If you connect yourself to me and you learn from me, your soul will have rest. This will happen to this was the training of the disciples. They yoked themselves to Jesus, followed him everywhere they go, and they learned of him. 
They learn from him. But look what he says. For I am gentle and I am humble in heart. So when he tells us he's gentle and humble in heart, he's telling us that my mind is humble. My mind is gentle. This is where I set my mind. Because I set my mind here, my entire soul has been consumed of this. So when you step into my classroom, when you come to learn from me, I'm giving you me. So the heart of God is being your father, not a judge. That's why Jesus said, if you take this yoke upon me and learn from me, he said, I am gentle and I am humble in heart. You will. He didn't say you might. He didn't say you might find rest for your souls. You will find rest for your souls. Because he had a mission from the father. Get my kids back so we can start being a family again. All right, good. Genesis 8, 21. The Lord smelled the soothing aroma and the Lord said to himself, I will never again curse the ground on account of, of man for the intent of man's heart is evil from his youth. And I would never again destroy every living thing as I have done. So what I want you to get out of this is it says for the intent of man's heart is evil from youth. Your heart is evil from youth. Them little rascals back there, they haven't set their mind on God long enough to be developed. Until you set your mind on heavenly things and have your soul develop, you are evil. I got kids back there too, all right? <laughs> they, are, they lie for no reason. Why? Evil is there. That's all they have to work with until we introduce them to something different. Proverbs 3 and 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. So in order for you to trust in the Lord with all your heart, you got to give him all your mind. If you don't give him all your mind, you don't trust him with all your heart. You have a past mind, a present mind, and he wants to give you a future mind. You have to trust him with all your soul. You have a past soul, you have a, you have a present soul, and he wants to give you a future soul. You have a past heart, you have a present heart, and he wants to control your future heart. That's why he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Meaning, once you have given me your heart, once you have given me your mind, don't reactivate You have to abandon the old mind. And that's where social media and all the other whatever, whatever, you know, y'all, y'all just, y'all just stupid. Y'all just, y'all like, y'all like a cult. Well, you know what a cult is? It comes from the word culture or cultivate. So which means whatever cultivates your heart, you are part of that cult. That whatever cultivates your mind, you become a, a part of that culture. We're all in a cult. We're all in a cult. We give it a, neg a negative connotation to it, but all it's saying is something is developing my soul. 
Matthew 5 and 8. I think we're going to end right here. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, blessed means that divine favor is on your life. So, according to the scripture, divine favor is on your life when you are pure in heart. When you are pure in heart or your heart is pure, it means this, that your soul has been purified. How does your soul get purified? Because your mind got renewed. Because your mind has been opposed. If your mind can't be opposed, you can't be purified. Because your mind has been corrected, challenged, informed, developed, and tested. So if you allow him to renew your mind and change your soul, all he's saying, look, this is, what I, this is all I want to do. I want to purify your heart so heaven can deliver the blessings to you. Because there's certain things that's going on in your heart that you may think that is right or you may think that is wrong. And it, it prevents the blessings from coming to you. This is why. Because God is a father. And before a, a father gives his child something, he analyzes the heart. Because if he blesses me with everything I want, but I hate Chris, then I begin to think that it's okay to hate Chris. Because <laughs> last time when I was hating him, I still got blessed. If he wants to bless me, but then I got something negative to say about everybody, then when I receive the blessing, I think it's okay to be negative towards people. So he has to do what? Purify my heart in order to bless me. But it says the blessed, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. So when your heart is pure, not only are you blessed, but you begin to see spiritually so meaning this that if your heart is not pure you're not blessed and you can't see because when it says to see it means you get to scrutinize and observe spiritual matters it means that your physical eyes begin to diminish which means when I look at a situation I don't see the situation, I see what God can do in the situation. Meaning, right now, when I look at y'all, I don't see where y'all are. I see where he's taking you. I hope y'all see the same. <laughs> I don't see where you are. I see where, he, what he's, where he's taking you. That's why we do the, that's why it is a wonderful thing, the prophetic. Because what does the prophetic reveal? What he sees. My wife had talked about you being an evangelist. We had the conversation. And, and when you a teacher, okay, I, me being a teacher, I find myself in teach mode all the time. I have to cut it off sometimes. When you're a prophet, you find yourself in prophetic mode all the time. And so my wife is always in prophetic mode, and sometimes I cut her off because she... She's just she in prophetic mode again. She do the same thing to me. 
It's natural, ain't nothing wrong with that. But she said, Davida Evangelist. I said, okay, all right, I'm just listening. And then Davida announces it. <laughs> she said the same thing about Ola. She said, Ola's, a, Ola's an evangelist. And Ola texts us, I think I'm an evangelist. <laughs> It's just, a, it's just a thing. But you begin to see spiritually. All right, we're going to keep moving. Last scripture. Matthew 6, 19. Do not store for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So the condition of your heart is the sum of what you put in your mind to develop your soul. So he's saying don't store up for yourselves, which means don't try to accumulate earthly wealth. That should not be your desire. But it said, instead, store for yourselves treasures in heaven. So your treasure should not be on earth. You should not be willing to die over your car. <laughs> you should not get offended because somebody step on your shoes. You should not get it. Don't rebuke me when I say this, y'all. I'm not playing. I could sense it in the spirit. You should not be offended when people steal money from you. Who coughed? <laughs> you should not. You should not. It's earthly. A lot of times, he, God will have people not pay you back on purpose. Oh, I'm in the room now, boy. I'm in the spirit. He will have people not pay you back on purpose to see where your treasures are. What's more important, the person or you, or your money? I'm going to leave right back. One minute break. I'll be right back. He can give you money. But he can't make you love a person. Don't be stressing over no money. I give money away all the time. It's Matter of fact, I rarely loan money and have somebody pay me back. I rarely. Because I figure like this, if you ask to borrow the money and I got the money, well, I'm going to ask you to pay something back that you didn't have in the first place. That's why the Bible says give to those who ask and don't ask for it in return. He just wants to see where your treasures are. Where is your heart at? Is your heart in your money? To the point where you get so offended with people over money, you will lose a relationship. And watch this. Anybody that the devil has you offended with in your mind has something for your future. Take another break. Anybody that you are offended with in your mind 
has something for your destiny. Okay. Because your heart is your life action. Your heart is your life's action. It's how you really feel. Pay attention to your heart. Pay attention to how you really feel about people. Pay attention to the people who come in your presence and you don't want them there. Pay attention to that. Because that's you. And it needs to change. It needs to be corrected. Take note of the people that you are offended by. You say they did you wrong. No, they didn't do you wrong. They revealed your heart. <laughs> they did you right because they showed you you. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Who did Jesus down the cross for? People or stuff. That's the commodity that he shed blood for. He didn't shed blood for Rolls Royces. Where is your heart? Soul algorithms. The algorithm is a process or a set of rules to be followed to produce a desired result or to solve a problem. Like I told you, you can use the same algorithm to get full of the Holy Spirit or you can use the same algorithm to get full of unclean spirits. You can use the same algorithm to be full of faith or to be full of doubt. The more you learn of spiritual things, the more accountable you will become for molding your life through obedience. The danger in what I'm teaching y'all is you have no excuse. I'm giving you the recipe. That's the danger of good teaching. It's a gift and a curse. The gift is it's abundant. It can help you succeed. But the curse is you are required to obey. That's why the Bible even say the teachers are judged more harsher. Why? Because they understand. I'm done. <laughs>